Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Talking Twilight Zone. And he came to believe that work, show business, love, his whole life, even himself and all that jazz was both. He became the uno, uno game player uh, to the point where he didn't know where the games ended and the reality began. Like this cat, the only reality is death. And it's getting harder every day. I'm trying to keep myself alive. Bedtime stories. I never took you on those picnics. I was never there for you. You would have been. But I can do this for you. I can be a proper dad to you now. <laughs> After all these extra hours, no one else in the world has ever had that. On top of that, get to see you. No one has a chance, it's all too late. And I'm How did you happen to fall in? I didn't fall in. I jumped in to save George. You what? To save me? Well, I did, didn't I? You didn't go through with it, did you? Go through with what? Suicide. Oh, it's against the law to commit suicide around here. Yeah, it's against the law where I come from, too. Well, where do you come from? Heaven? And I know We have to go back now, Professor. But we wanted to let you know that we were grateful. That we were forever grateful. That each of us has in turn carried with him something that you gave him. We wanted to thank you, Professor. Discussions of television's greatest blending of science, superstition, imagination. And you're invited along. The next will be Talking Twilight Zone. Good afternoon, everyone. We are going to be Talking Twilight Zone. And I'd like to uh, say hello to everybody from... Pennsylvania, very, very warm. <laughs> what is this guy doing here? From warm, sunny, hot Pennsylvania. Better Robert. than cold, rainy Seattle, I guess. Oh, definitely. definitely. You have Bobby to thank for this. So. That's right. I'm coming up too. That's it. When you're done, I'll continue. 
Yeah, I got well, to, everybody get your to coffee top, and pine. So. Let's just listen to top 40 hits for a chance. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, but it has been really nice and warm and sunny here and a little too hot. But you know what? You got air conditioning, which is something you don't have in Seattle. So it's it's pretty nice. And Guru, by the way, I want to mention two things that Guru here has said. Uh, for you, Lou, he said that definitely season four is on IMDb. So you oh, can watch really? it there. Yes, indeed. You can watch it there. And, uh, oh, and he lives in Houston, Texas. Oh, my God. He says it's like Africa hot there. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, but you have air conditioning, I'm sure. So I hope anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> and Bear fans, they quit crying. <laughs> so I want to welcome all the people we have here today. We have Bear Fan Ron, one of our loyal listeners. Good to see you, Bear Fan. And uh, Guru is here, and Lou is here. Wordforge, Lou is here, and uh, and Rick is here. Woo! And uh, well, of course, Dave is here. Yes, I want to welcome my hosts, Dave and Robert and Bobby. <laughs> Hello. Woo! <laughs> so I'm just glad to see everybody here. Hey, and what's guess- the problem? It's like a funeral here. Hey, hey. stop that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And it's always good to have Rick here. I always look forward to Rick <clears throat> and, and and his wife, Daphne. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit slowly like Daphne of yours. <laughs> and Bear Fan Ron said, don't tick Bobby off. So, Bobby, we got to be careful not to tick you off. <laughs> That's right. I'm the only regular uh, listener to the show, of course. Obviously. <laughs> Oh, God. But anyway. Bob, Bobby's the square ping around hole today, aren't you, Bobby? Always. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Dedicated my <laughs> life to that. You have that right. Well, okay. So today we're going to be talking about changing of the guard. This is indeed the last episode of season three. So let's all hang our heads because this is the yeah. last episode of season three. And then we go into season four with the one hour episode. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> But this, I, you know, I yeah, agree. suicide after this, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> but I do agree with uh, Robert at what he said in in his uh, written review on the Yahoo board that uh, this was a great episode to end season mm. three with. I was very happy that they ended it with this and changing the guard. Basically, in a nutshell, Professor Ellis Fowler, he's an elderly teacher. He's forced into retirement. See, she's pop. ready to go on before the bell even starts, before Rod says anything. Oh, 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 oh that's right. Oh, oh, Rod, I'm sorry, Rod. Go ahead. <laughs> Rod, please forgive me. Oh, my God, don't don't shove lightning down my throat. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, go this is Rod. the last one, and he's in an actual scene of the actual show, which I is know, sad. I know, I know. Forgive so. me, Rod. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's get started here. And now, Mr. Serling. You have all, amazingly enough, passed. Oh, boy. My, yes. My delight is only exceeded by my sense of shock. It is rare, young men, that in 51 years of teaching, I have ever encountered such a class of dunderheads. But nice dunderheads, and potentially fine young men who will make their marks and leave their marks. 
God bless you all. America. Professor Ellis Fowler, a gentle bookish guide to the young, who is about to discover that life still has certain surprises and that the campus of the Rock Springs School for Boys lies on a direct path to another institution commonly referred to as the Twilight Zone. You know, I, I keep saying he, he describes him as bookish, <clears throat> which is how he described um, Henry Bemis in Time Enough at Last. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, if Henry Bemis was in this role and they had fired him, he probably would have shown up anyway. He wouldn't have even realized he was fired. <laughs> you know, I could just see Henry Bemis say, uh, fired? Fired? Uh, what do you mean? And then just showed up like, you know, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't even notice. Obsolete? <laughs> obsolete? 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 Whatever do you mean? <laughs> Helen? The, the <laughs> clarification, please. <laughs> clarification. But before I leave, I'm going to go and get me a shrubbery. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, Guru said he looked like his philosophy professor. He did. He, he had a good uh, professor, professorial, professorial look about him. <clears throat> but Professor Ellis Fowler, he's an elderly teacher. He's forced in retirement by a school. So he goes home. He starts looking through his old yearbooks and reminiscing about his former students with his housekeeper. And he becomes convinced that all of his lessons have been in vain and that he's accomplished nothing with his life. So deeply depressed, he returns to the school one last time, intending to kill himself on Christmas Eve. But before he can commit suicide, however, he is visited by the ghosts of his former students. And they tell him that he inspired them to become better people. So he's deeply moved by this. Fowler accepts his retirement and content that his life is for for having enriched the lives of others. And he doesn't kill himself. Way to go. There you go. <clears throat> so, you know, that's it in a nutshell. However, I, there's more than that in this nutshell. I mean, I, I just think this was an awesome episode then uh, season three. And Bobby was a little hard on it. He changed his idea of it a little bit, but... Um, a little harder. Me. Brick could be harder. <laughs> a little harder. <laughs> he was tough he, on it, tough. He was a little tough on it, yeah. <laughs> he was tough on this one. But, you know, he, he came around a little bit, not much. But I don't want him to change his opinion. You know, I mean, whatever he feels, he feels. And that's that's the Well, he's whole not idea. the only one, so... Sure, other people, yeah. you know, weren't crazy about him. You know, I don't want people to change their opinion just because other people liked it. But, um, you know, we're all entitled to that. But Don, I thought Donald Pleasance was outstanding as the professor. And the funny thing is that this was done in 1962. And Pleasance wasn't all that, Pleasance wasn't all that well known in the United States as an actor. So a lot of people saw the original airing of this episode, and they didn't know that he was playing a character almost twice his actual age of 42. He was 43. No, he was 43. I thought he yeah. was 42. 42. Oh, well, 42, 43, somewhere in there. Yeah. 42, 43, whatever. Yeah, but he, he, was, he was in his early 40s, and he was playing a man like around 70, you know, close, close, or in his 70s. And so the makeup department, they did a fabulous job of making him look like an old man. I mean, this is, you know, really an, an incredible job. Now, I love this episode because it brings tears to my eyes every time I see it. I mean, this professor, he truly loved teaching, and it seemed that teaching was his life, and he couldn't imagine not doing it. And, and in fact, I got the impression that he never married or had children because his life revolved around his job. 
I felt really sorry for him when the headmaster gave him that devastating news that his contract was not being renewed. And he, you know, he tried to take it well, but, you know, you could see that he was he was wounded. I mean, this this like cut like a knife. And I, I thought that, you know, Pleasance, he paid, played his role with, uh, you know, just this intense emotion. Really played it with, I mean, you could see the tears in his eyes. And it was difficult, difficult not to feel the pain that he was going through, the sadness that he was going through. I don't know. I mean, it was his belief that he had not made an impact on any of his students during his 51 years of teaching. So that, you know, that did cause him a lot of despair. I mean, he felt that uh, he was a failure, that he was worthless. And so his decision to commit suicide, while it might have seemed very impulsive and misguided, you know, I, I guess I can see, you know, someone of his age being kicked out like that and not feeling like they, they made an impact on anyone in their life. You know, you, you don't know what people's mindsets are. You know, the man's in the 70s and feels like, oh, I'm worthless. You know, thrown, being thrown out with the trash. But, the you know, he found out the spirits the, the spirits of his past students, you know, they were not about to let him, you know, leave the earth that way. He found out that he made a huge impact on many of them. And uh, the ending was one basically that was happy and it was a ending of redemption, happiness, redemption. And uh, this episode originally aired in June of 1962, which most people would think is a little strange since it was a Christmas theme. But uh, it was such a good story that I don't think it really mattered what time of year it was shown. Uh, the acting was superb, especially by Donald Pleasance. And, it's yeah, hard to yeah. believe, isn't it? Isn't it hard to believe that in 1962 they were still showing new episodes in the summertime? Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was in June of 1962, yeah, instead of uh, all those reruns and stuff. But uh, he had a very long and successful career. He appeared in numerous movies, television shows, and uh, Garud pointed out as well, that, uh, which is true, that he appeared in numerous, what is it, Halloween. Yeah, he played Dr. Loomis. Dr. Loomis in the Halloween movies. Yeah, except and, for Halloween uh, 3, which was season of which, they decided to go in a entirely different right. direction, but they did bring him back in the next right. picture. Exactly. So he played Dr. Loomis, and he was very, I put very six shots in him. He should be dead. He was very good. He was very good in that, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure everyone recognized Liam Sullivan. He played the, he played the headmaster, but he was... Uh, in uh, season two's The Silence, he played that the loudmouth Jamie Tennyson and Colonel. The Colonel took him on, and uh, Colonel Taylor wasn't Archie Taylor. Uh, bet him five thousand dollars he couldn't shut up for a year. <clears throat> of course, uh, we all know how that ended. And um, Philippa, Philippa Bevan, she played Fowler's caring uh, cook and housekeeper, the compassionate woman who was so scared that he was, went out to kill himself. Mrs. Landers. Yeah, well, she, sadly, she died in 1968 at the age of 55. And uh, I didn't recognize any of the ghostly students except for Kevin O'Neill. And he's after Ryan O'Neill's younger brother. And almost looks like him. Not I quite as good looking as Yeah, there's a resemblance, but he's not quite as good looking as Ryan was. But the only thing, I'll have to say, the only thing that bothered me about this episode was when Professor Fowler took the pistol, he left the house. And he went back to the school campus, and apparently he was going to blow his brains out right there by the school, which 
to me seemed a rather thoughtless and insensitive thing to do since both the faculty and students would most likely be traumatized by this. I mean, you know, somebody was going to find him there, and uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I just didn't think that was too cool of him to do that by the school. But it's something I can never look since everything about, else about this episode worked. So I loved it. I'm going to give it a 4.5 for Outstanding. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm <laughs> you must have ran out of steam. I didn't no, you, need, I, you need to tell us who you're going to next. No, actually, I'll tell you what I was doing. I was reading Guru's message here. BFR, Uh-oh. you are flooding. I'm going to have to ask you to slow it down. You have four lines, and that is too much. <laughs> oh, you put Bear Fan Ron Guru in the same room. Mm. Oh, BFR Bear Fan Ron, you are flooding. Oh, I see. It's for Bear Fan Ron. Okay. I was They're got a running joke from their show, uh, more from Ron's show. There's an ongoing joke there. It's oh, kind of well, going on for a month. Oh, I that air there, but I was reading. I was reading his message, yeah. and that's why I stopped. I was like, "What is he saying here?" I thought it was directed to me. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> now, there's uh, a guy on Coxie that does a um, um, targeted individual situation. He has a show on Chuck from Vancouver, and oh. they've been having some fun with that. So that's what uh, that means uh, in a text. Oh, okay. oh, that's what I was reading. And when I when I stopped talking, I was reading that, and I was, uh, that's why there was that dead air. Sorry about that. Okay. Yep. So now. Yeah. Well, as long as, long as they keep polite, because uh, you can always uh, stop text text chat if they get impolite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to turn it over to Robert then. There we go. Okay. Thank you, Lynn. Yeah. Um. I'm in agreement with you 100%. I thought this was an excellent story. I thought it was a great way to end season three. And it's sad that just remembering we start the episode with two, I mean, we started the season with two, which was an amazing episode as well. And with Dave's favorite canned chicken there. Um, (laughs) And then we end with um, the change in the guard and, you know, very poignant and memorable story. And it's one of these episodes that it's, you watch it once in a while, and there's, you know, other, um, when it's moving like this, and there's other uh, movies or shows out there, too, that can't watch but once because it really tug at heart. And I think that's what Rod wanted from this story was something that would tug from the heart, which this one does. And uh, I think Donald Pleasant was a wonderful character actor to add. And, of course, you know how I am about character pieces. I'm not too crazy about them because it slows down a story. and and we kind of drag by building. But this one, it did pretty well. And we get kind of like a Christmas carol and a wonderful life rolled into a Christmas Eve in this episode. We get the Marley's ghost trying to save um, Scrooge from the um, predicament that Marley got himself into years earlier and to save um, Scrooge from getting the same fate that he did. You do not know the weight and length of strong chain you bear yourself. It was full as heavy and as long as this, seven Christmas Eves ago, and you have labored on it since then. It is a ponderous chain. Mark me! In life, my spirit never rolled beyond the limits of our money-changing hole. Now I am doomed to wander without rest or peace. Incessant torture and remorse. 
But it was only that you were a good man of business, Jacob. Business! Mankind was my business. Their common welfare was my business. And it is at this time of the rolling year I suffer most. Hear me. My time is nearly gone. I come tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate. A chance and hope of my procuring Ebenezer. Thank you, Jacob. You were always a good friend of mine. You will be visited by free spirits. What? Was that the chance of hope that you mentioned, Jacob? It was. In that case, never mind. I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expects the first when the bell tolls one. Wonderful life um, with George Haley, you know, contemplating giving it all up, and the angel going in there at the last minute to keep him from uh, killing himself. So it falls into that same area with this story as well. And I think a lot of people, before they die, want to have something that you know they can be remembered by. And the um, the classic um, Star Trek situation where um, Captain McCard and Data would talk, and one of the things um, that Data finally figured out is why um, people have children for is to carry on um, their immortality through them. It, this story just has a very much sentimental connection to a lot of us. He realized after the visitations he got from his dead students that you know he did make a difference. That's the important thing I think for Rod that. We should leave something. And this is actually a story that's a testament to Rod himself. Because, you know, we're talking something that's endured for over 50 years that is still being aired in syndication today. I mean, you go to any channel, you'll find. I mean, MeTV runs Twilight Zone at 11 p.m. Exactly. Um, during the week. So, I mean, the legacy that he left behind, and it's pretty much what he's saying with this story that, you know, we should leave some sort of legacy behind. The professor finally realized, you know, that that's what he did. He did leave something behind through his teachings with his past students. And his past students carried on what they learned from him into their lives. And then the next group of students, and of course the last ones he had, they're going to do the same thing as well. They'll pass it on um, through what they learned from him. He did install some sense of purpose by leaving a bit of himself. He may not have gotten married, he may not have had no children, but he does, when he passed away, he does leave a bit of himself for his students to pass on. And that was the whole purpose and point of the story that they were trying to show, you know, Rod was trying to show, is we do leave a part of ourselves behind once we go. May not be Even, even if we think we don't, even if we think we haven't right. made an impact, we've all made an impact on someone's life at some point. Yeah. And I think that's something he realized at the very end that, you know, I did make a difference, even though, I mean, I didn't cure people with polio or I didn't change, you know, the world that big. It's very much a quantum leap situation that 
we discovered with Quantum Leap, you can't really change anything, or Sam couldn't change anything big. All he could do is change people around him and make their lives a little bit better in the process. And that's basically, you know, what it is with this one. I very much remember one that I can't watch a lot of. It's from Doctor Who. Um, Doctor Who was rebooted, you might say, in 2005. And Christopher Eccleston was the um, doctor at that time. There was an episode called Father's Day. And another very poignant episode. And one of my favorites, um, besides The Unquiet Dead and and um, Empty Child, Dr. Dances, and there's some other great episodes during that um, first season where Doctor Who came back. Here's a portion of that. It's at the beginning where Rose is talking about her father to Rose when she was a little girl. Peter Allen Tyler, my dad, the most wonderful man in the world, born 15th September, 1954. Come here, Rose. Come here. Who's that? It's your daddy. You weren't old enough to remember when he died. 1987, 7th of November. Do you remember what I told you? The day that Stuart Hoskins and Sarah Clark got married. He was always having adventures. Oh, I'd love to have seen you there. I wasn't there. Nobody was. The hit and run driver. Never found out who. He was dead when the ambulance got there. I only wish there'd been someone there for him. And... Because of that, and she remembers that, she asked the doctor to take her back to see her father. But unfortunately, um, it's not good to change the timeline, and that's unfortunately what she does. And then her father has to make a sacrifice again to um, make everything correct. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But um, wonderful episode. You agree with that, Dave? Oh, I really loved it. Um, the point was that not so much that the world had been changed, but there was one person in it that had uh, had not died. And, and many people here will know that in all science fiction and that, there's the, the yin and yang and the balance. And uh, um, without being a spoilers for, for, for Smallville, there's a situation on there where Clark saves somebody's life and, uh, you know, to balance the universe, someone else life is forfeit i won't say any names but um uh, that that was the the basis of the story that um you know this yin and yang and keeping things yeah but it w- was a wonderful story yeah uh, i didn't really ask him to do it either he she kind of manipulated him to, well, it's about the only noble thing he'd done in his life which was the the point because he wanted his daughter to be proud of him well brought up the point also too did she have it in the back of her mind that she no i'm talking about the doctor bringing him, her to that point. Uh, she's seen an opportunity and decided to take it, but right. sometimes she can't take those opportunities because it can be disastrous, and that's what you find out in this episode. But, yeah, one of my favorites. To finish up here, um, I want to take up all the time because 
I'm looking forward for Bobby's um, review on this. So, um. uh, but, you know, I, I like uh, uh, Lou just brought up uh, that that quote: "Be ashamed to die until you have won some victory for humanity." I, that is a great quote. I like that quote. Wonderful, wonderful quote. It is. It was um, written by the first president of Antioch College, right. uh, from Yellow Springs, Ohio, Horace Mann, um, mm-hmm. which moved Rob very much to um, add this right. to the story. So right. yeah, and we but live. We had a connection um, to that college, yeah. Yeah, since I'm from Ohio, and Antioch is um, directly below. Um, well, it was around outside of Dayton. I think it's around Dayton area, and hopefully sometime maybe we'll hit uh, me and Julie will head there to do a show. Is that statue there? I just want to want to go and see. So um, yeah, I wonder if that's hopefully in the future there. we can plan something. Me and her to. I mean, we talked about going to Antioch, and uh, I know they were closed down for financial reason. They've been having some financial problems, and some of the buildings um, have uh, dilapidated too because of not getting enough fundings to keep the buildings up. So um, I don't know if the Rod, college yeah, is up to the public or not. Rod had a connection with that college. He, he was he really liked Antioch. Yeah, he um, it's one I guess one of his favorite things. Um, and he did bring it up when I guess people interviewed him and stuff. I think he mentioned about it. and he did do some he did teach there, I think, didn't he, a year or two? Yep. Yeah, yeah he was up on the teaching post, yeah. 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 That's why he used it, yeah. It, it was it wasn't just an honorary post that he they actually employed him. Like a guest a guest lecturer or something. Yeah. He did he had quite a few connections with that college. He was a lecturer, right. he was a teacher. Yeah, he was he he liked that he liked Antioch and Ron. You need to stop. <laughs> Ron said Rod also liked to fly kites and thunderstorms. <laughs> Ron, stop it. <laughs> well, anyway, I like I said, I I felt this was a great way to to end the um, series, and unfortunately, going into um, next time we're on talking about series four. Or season four, uh, so. Yep. But <laughs> let's get let's get by that and introduce the next person. Uh, yes, the man you're all waiting to hear from. Uh, how did how did he actually feel about this episode? So we'll go ahead and pass it over to Bobby Near. Hello, Bobby. So really, so really, my turn already. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, it is true that I was very hard on this episode in my original review. I gave it only a one, and I told why. And then, but when it came time to vote, I gave it. I voted two and a half, and one person did vote lower than I did. Uh, George in our group gave it a two. Uh, I don't know exactly why, but he gave it a two. At any rate, um, yeah. Well, my problem with the story. There's nothing wrong with the story itself. And I agree, it's well acted and all of that. It's all very touching, very nice. But I find the introduction, the introduction of the gun, to be unnecessary. It's just not necessary. Uh, who who wrote this? Is this Sterling wrote this? Yes. Uh, yes, he did. All right. Well, if he had any confidence in the only the story he wrote, then you don't need the gun. And it's enough that he's devastated and that he's upset that he's being told to retire when he doesn't want to. But, you know, you have to go and have to watch him take the gun out of his desk and do all that. It just seems superfluous to me. It's just not necessary to do that. 
it would have been sad enough. I would have liked to have seen the episode simply end right at the statue with him crumbling down and maybe crying or something. And, and, and huh? Excuse me? And then, and, and, that was a laugh. Okay. Anyway. And the students, the students showing up and telling him that it wasn't all for nothing. The other problem I have is the fact that you can't teach all those years and not believe that you've had some impact. In other words, it doesn't just depend on how many years it is or whether you can do it through your dying day. You know, they had to show up and say, yes, but this is what I did. This is, you know, all that. But there has to be a better reason for that. You enjoy being a teacher. You enjoy doing what you're doing. And you don't have to go through this terrible agony to have this revelation that, you know, maybe it was for a good reason. And you're told you're no longer wanted or needed. I'm not saying I would be happy about it. I'm just saying that 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 is the worst part of it. Yeah, but it doesn't. But you're going to commit suicide over that? I mean, I just yes. think that. that yes, okay. some, some people can be that destroyed. Well, like I was saying, I just think that he should have had more out of it. Just, and then when they show up, now he's got this revelation that, you know, maybe it wasn't so bad after all. He's, and at the end of it, he says, well, I'm going to retire, and that's it. Simply because they showed up. He knows what he's been through and the things that have happened. He should, anyway, most of them. I just, I'm just not buying into that part of it. I thought that the gun angle was just thrown in almost in a superfluous way. It's not really necessary. I would have been just as touched and just as moved if he had simply gotten sad and crumbled and said, boy, I've put all these years into this, and no. now you tell me you don't need me anymore. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Well, a heart attack would have been too easy. Yeah, then I would have ended it. Like you gotta have the gun. You have to have the gun because if he just, I, it's like I said to you before. If he, if he walks out of there depressed and says, "Oh, I've been fired," yeah. and you know, yeah. uh, "Oh, I'm so upset," and my life meant nothing, and then his, his ghostly students come back and say, "Oh, yes, you meant something to us," and he comes back and says, "Oh, okay, I meant something." Oh, big deal. So so now he's not depressed anymore. Big deal. Big deal. So he was depressed, and now he's not depressed because they. But he was going to kill himself. That's major. That's because major. he was so depressed. Well, you got to have that. This is the twilights, and you have to have that major impact of the gun. Yeah. Of you know, you can't have a guy just going out there and saying, "Oh, I'm really depressed because I got fired." Oh, oh, but Professor Fowler, we're your, we're your ghostly students, and you did a lot for us. And and now, don't don't be depressed. Go home and be well, happy. That was a convenient way. He could have jumped off the top of the building, or there's a number of ways he could have exited his life. But you gotta have the the, the drastic measure. You gotta have the gun. You can't just have him being depressed. You gotta have him wanting to end his life. The gun. It's the American way. Yeah, the gun. The American. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the British way? A little hemlock or something there. Uh... Yes, no, I don't know. British way, British way. Probably to do it quietly when nobody notices, sort of fade away into the distance. Uh, I mean, ne- uh, never, never out with a bang in the UK. <laughs> All right, Bobby. So what? 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 what I'm sorry. That takes care of my opinion. All right. Uh, no, like I said, when I when we did the voting, I gave it a two and a half. It is very well done. Uh, okay, I agree with all of that. I agree with what's been said so far. That was the only part to me. I think I've seen it a ridiculous number of times now. I just saw it half an hour ago. And, uh, I, you know, it really is It's well done. I agree. And it's well acted. And it is sad. Blah, blah, blah. 
So when so once I was probably a little too hard on that when I did when I did my original review because you got to be in a certain mood to see this kind of story, and I obviously wasn't in that mood, so I probably wouldn't be as tough on it today as I was. I have no idea why I was so opposed to it, but you know things happen. At any rate, uh, like I said, he was only forty three years you old. Constipated. He was only forty three <laughs> years old. He's ignoring you. <laughs> he lived to be about seventy six. So he was way ahead of his time on that, and he does do a good job on it. And it's you know it's it's I, I agree with the things it has to say, and it doesn't really bother me that much. I think I would because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have given it a two and a half rating if I didn't see it a little differently. But you know it all depends on what you're waiting for. There are certain things in the Twilight Zone that I'm waiting for when I don't get them. I tend to get a little pissed off about it. But and you ain't gonna that, get it in season four neither, Bobby, are you? <laughs> no, well, wait a minute. There's a season four episode that I really like. So when we get to that, you know. Actually, there are, there are three that I like. There are three. Three, really? And we're on okay. one I really like now. So. What? What was that? <laughs> Printer's Devil. That's oh, my yeah, favorite. I like Printer's yeah. Devil. I like. Yeah. Uh, on oh, what's that other one called? He's alive. Is that what it's called? Well, he's alive. Yeah. And on Thursday yeah. for home, I like that one. Yeah, there are a few. And I and I like uh, miniature. Anyway, getting back to this, like I said, I gave it a two and a half. So I think that my my original review was too hard on it. You know, just was the mood I was in. I was expecting something a little bit different, and I didn't get. But it is very well done, and it's a very touching story. I agree with all of that. So, uh, you know, I just think it's a, it's a shame that anybody who's that dedicated. The only other problem I have with it, and I'm sure I'm going to be hung for this too, is that I don't think that a man could teach that many years, and then be so disappointed out of nowhere all of a sudden. In other words, after teaching all those years, he now decides that because of being forced out, it was all for nothing, it was all pointless. Was, I mean, he couldn't possibly think that way that quickly just because some arbitrary rule says he's got to retire. I would think that at least today, Lynn has already mentioned that it's a different time today. Nobody would put up with such nonsense. They would say, you know, it's ridiculous. But back then, people did retire at a very young age. and He apparently was very old at that point. But I think that you should be so secure in the knowledge that he's done some good and that he's changed lives for the better. It shouldn't take dead students coming back to talk to him and say, hey, look, you know, you're important. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been the way I was. So that's the only problem I have with it. But overall, I'll stick with my two and a half. It's very well done. It's very well acted. And it's, it's kind of heartbreaking in many ways. It's true. But, you know, it is, it is what it is. I just would have preferred to see it. It just seemed to me that, you know, you, you stick the gun in there just for dramatic effect and make it more frantic. It says, oh, my God, what's he going to do? He's going to kill well, himself? You had to have that. You did have to have that dramatic effect or it would have been a boring episode. You're not just well, going to bring him out of a depression. You've got to bring him out of something well, more Well, it would have been upsetting to me to see him that depressed after all those years. No, I mean, just because he has a gun doesn't change it. I would, have been, I would have felt badly if he had never had a gun and it simply crumbled on the ground and said, my life has been worthless. Well, depression, that's a matter of opinion. Depression is depression. <laughs> that, uh, people get depressed. You, you bring somebody out of depression, that's not a story. They're gonna, a tough crowd gonna, today. Tough crowd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm getting depressed being, being, being reamed out like this. This is what's you killing gotta me. Stay, you, you, gotta you must stay. be having a good dinner coming up, Bobby, after this I show. I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> guy's life. I mean, you're saving his life. The ghosts have to I'll stick with my two and a half. Somebody did vote lower than that, so I'm not the worst one. So <laughs> don't be on me. All right. Perhaps you could go out and have a couple of drinks and go out of the press. I may need it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's it for me. 
Oh, thank you, Dave, for that information. So anyway, uh, okay, and now Dave. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, the reason why I think unknown is Kobo. He was asking me what the uh, the topic was today, and he has been on before. Um, uh, well, I didn't get to rewatch it because um, uh, more and more now it seems these episodes are being pulled from the usual places I check them out. Uh, but I do remember watching it in the first time, and I've watched like a, a few minutes clip of it. It is overly sentimental. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think anybody's mentioned Mr. Goodbye, Mr. Chips yet, but I mean, there's very much an element oh, of that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. I would slightly disagree with the makeup. I mean, I must admit, I mean, good heavens, he was supposed to be, what, 70? So he's, he's he's only about four years older than me, and he looked about, hopefully, 20 years older than me. Um, I do think they overdo it with this, you know, uh, pampered down white flowered wigs. <clears throat> they did it once, and I think Robert remembers us talking about it before. They did it once in one of the uh, the Star Trek, the original Star Trek stories, where they made them old people. Now, admittedly, in the time of Star Trek... You had a radiation Trek, situation yeah, story. Yeah. Uh, and admittedly, uh, in there, we know that they could live to about 160, didn't we? Because um, we had uh, Bones come onto the spaceship in the movie or something. He was about aged 160. So Yeah, it was the first episode know. of Next Generation. Was it? Uh, Far oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes. So the point is that when they were looking decrepit, they really were 120, not 64, and some young person 64s, you know, three quarters down the grave, you know what I mean? So um, I thought it was a little bit overdone thing. 1962, the average age was 70. Uh, right. But I'm thinking if I was the headmaster there and uh, one of my teachers looked like that, I, I think I'd have probably retired them by now. Um, but, uh, anyway, goodbye, Mr. Chips, it reminded me of. I think it was very well done. Uh, was it me, or were some of the, the lines delivered painfully slow? Now, uh, I'm not too sure whether for that was effect, for probably. the dr- dramatic yeah. effect, or whether the, the, the director says, look, you've only got four lines of script to write. That's going to last two minutes, you know. Um, there was a little bit of that. You know, it it was a, a little bit stretched out from that point of view. But I, I did, in fact, enjoy it. <clears throat> One of the things I would say, I mean, uh, I mean, yes, uh, there are and there are dedicated professions where people, especially in in a school like that, which I'm assuming was a sort of a, a boarding school, so that when you retire, you not only lose your job, your sense of identity, but you probably have to move out of the school buildings, the school lodgings, and um, and therefore it is a real climax, a crisis to your life, something that many people perhaps couldn't feel as though they could adjust to. Just in my own little group of people, who I go out to the pub and we have a rave up, they're all retired. Yeah, you know, half of them have, you know, some of them look about five years younger after retiring a year ago. <laughs> suddenly they're standing, they're standing up a bit more upright they've got a little bit more energy because they're not coming out already knackered from a day's work you know they've come out with a bit of a spring in the step so um but i do do take the point that it, he was feeling that um you know he's, he's he's seeing the output and it's only when he's seeing that these messages this this in, inculcation Ooh, of lifestyle and knowledge Ooh, that he's given them. There, <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> um, that um, 
that, that he realises that, you know, yes, he has imparted these values, these understandings, and of course, you could argue the old adage, isn't it, that um, those who don't know history uh, are... What's it? <clears throat> that's to repeat it. it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, that's what they always used to say in these uh, elevated school circles, that, um, you know, why do they teach the classics and all this? Because, of course, in actual fact, it can teach you a lot about attitudes to life and so on. And I do love that quote that uh, Lynn read out that someone else had put in. I think that is a, a lovely sentiment indeed. So there's not a lot to say about it, but I do think, uh, and I will also agree with Lynn, I think this episode was exactly put in the right place. I think the sentimentality you could deal with and enjoy simply because it was the end of that series and you were probably feeling fondly for the series, knowing you're not going to see it. Although uh, I think uh, Bobby just said that um, it actually played through the summer, so I don't know how long it was off the screens. This one, by the way, aired. It's the 1st of June today. It aired on the 1st of June. 1962, exactly 51 years ago today. So, um, yeah, I, I would give it a good... Uh, I'm not sure I could give it a four, but certainly a three and a half out of five. And, and of course, uh, uh, the acting uh, was good. Uh, Donald Pleasance, uh, when Robert comes on, I'm sure he'll mention the, is it, the Great Escape, where he plays the uh, the forger in that. I think it was that. That was one of his other greatest parts, I thought. And, and the makeup job in this was really incredible. I mean, they made him look old. He was 42, 43 years old. I mean, it was a wonderful job that the makeup department did. Yeah, wasn't I mean, Steve McQueen in that movie? Did it a little bit. <laughs> what was that? Sorry? There wasn't Steve McQueen in that movie? Yes, That's right. Didn't he? he played the forger, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah, played, the, yeah. The, the one that wanted to come down the tunnel, and he, and um, he said yeah. his eyesight's failing, and uh, he said, look, see that thing on the floor, and he turned to pick it up, but he already put it on the floor prior to them coming into the room. Um, and uh, the bloke who played uh, Maverick was the uh, the stores guy. Hmm. Anyway, I'm sure that some of the film buffs in the room will know what I'm talking about, but uh, that to me, was his other great role. Never actually really watched him in those horror stories. So three out of five from me, Lynn. Um, and oh, I right. think you're right. It was a good one to end Series 3 on. Yeah, I agree. And I also I want to thank um, Sonny. Sonny is here. So uh, welcome. Bobby, Sonny's here. I hear that. That's good. Yeah, thank you, Sonny, for showing up. Good to see you here. You want to say and, anything? Uh, no? No, she's on our chat. She's on our chat. Oh, but, she's uh, smiling. Yeah, she's smiling. <laughs> she's smiling in the chat. So thank you for being here, Sonny. And uh, Lou. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lou, before you, um, Rick, we have to go in seniority here. <laughs> Rick. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> nice there, Rick. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Rick's, Rick's, Rick's been around longer. I have to give Rick, yeah. Gee, thanks. Now you're going to tell me that I'm no longer needed or wanted and yeah. can take a hike. Yeah. Huh? We're going to your dog before you. Uh, no, I want to hear from Daphne first. I'm going by, you know, people that have been here long. I but, I'm being respectful here. Yes. Uh, so you're next. You're next. <laughs> okay. Uh, the only things I really got to add is, you know, I liked the episode, although I thought it was a little too over-sentimental and nothing 
you know, other than the ghosts appearing, nothing really much happens action-wise. It's all um, 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 character development. But, um, you know, Rod, I think, is at his best when he gets preachy. I don't know why. I like it, the preachy episodes. but uh, There's plenty of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm not so sure about uh, uh, emotional episodes. This was a little too over the top for me, but it was a good episode. I, I liked the ap- acting. I liked the pleasance. Um, I, I liked the script overall and everything, but, um, you know, I like I said, it was just a little too emotional, too much, you know, feel sorry for me. Did you uh, cry? Did you cry? Are you kidding me? I cry if I step on a dime. <laughs> uh, but, uh, or an ant. Uh, but, um, nah, I'm not that bad. But anyway, um, yes, I did. A little aside to that, my dad was, the, you know, born in the time when, and, and was alive when, you know, men, don't show emotion and stuff like that. One day, uh, the original Spider-Man was on TV. And I was down here. He was upstairs in the t- what we call the TV room. I go in, and there he is, and he's wiping his eyes. I go, Dad, are you crying? And he goes, I never cry. It's the pollen in the air, huh? Is that what he yeah. is? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, I, I just kind of smiled and said, get that. I cried at, at the end of that movie, too. And he kind of gave me a look like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a bonding moment, then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, anyway, uh, I'd give it a three, just because it's... <laughs> Overly sentimental, but uh, everything else was uh, um, um, good in it. You I give said, it a three. I, okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Lou? Uh, I'm sorry, Lou. That's <laughs> okay. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess first I'll say I, I hope that uh, Robert never introduces okay, me. That's for last, right? <laughs> uh, we hope, right? Well, first I was going to say I hope Robert never introduces me with Louie Louie by the... Uh, the <laughs> wow, that's Archie, Kingsman. Sugar, Sugar. Oh, the Archie, yeah. oh, no, no, Louis, Louis, I think it was the, the Kingsman, I forgot. So yes, those, yeah, those the Kingsman. Yeah. yeah. So, well, see, it's kind of a connection with this, Lou. That's why the song's away, because on our um, board, we do reviews of these episodes, and Bobby, the way he felt at the time he did the review, um, talked about how sugary it was, and so uh, he did the um, <laughs> the lyrics to sugar sugar and um, then i was kidding him saying now you you know teasing the archie i said what's next sugar shack and he goes oh thanks robert and then he comes up with the lyrics for sugar shack so that's the whole it was positively thing. brilliant i know it was <laughs> well, anyway go ahead be, i'm sorry no that's okay i think i'm gonna be backing up bobby uh because I, I you know i thought the episode was also kind of overly sentimental i wrote in the comments that i thought it was schmaltzy and I think it's partly because of the reasons yeah, that were also brought up before. It's, uh, it borrows the plot from, or it borrows the, the plot is borrowed from a part 
of the film uh, Goodbye, Mr. Chips, because there's a, there's a scene in that film that's kind of exactly mirrored in this episode where they're asking to retire because they want to bring fresh blood in, and then all the students come and rally for him. So it kind of lifts it from that. And the introduction of the gun kind of introduces the tragic aspect that you find in It's a Wonderful Life. And for me, it was kind of like, well, this is just borrowing a lot of elements from better movies. And, yes, indeed. And, and then I was like, well, it, just, it didn't feel that original to me. I could see where it was, you know, I didn't really see where it was going, but when it got to the part where he comes to the school and he sees the students coming up and they all start talking, I mean, it's funny, the first two, two students give long speeches about what they've done for them, and then the rest give kind of a cliff note versions of what he did for them as well. Uh, you know, uh, forgive me for interrupting, but it always also <laughs> reminds me of the uh, later feature film to serve with love with Sidney Poitier. Yeah, yeah, and there are other movies that did it better. I, I thought of, uh, I mean, it's a later film, but I thought of Dead Poets Society while watching this yeah. movie too. Yeah, yeah. And the students all come in and, and rally for the for the teacher who's been kind of either disgraced or just one, you know, is, is on his way out, and they validate his reason for being there. So, you know, for me, it was a little schmaltzy. I thought it was a little just overly sentimental. You know, uh, the acting was good. I mean, you know, Donald, well, that was the biggest surprise for me. The big twist in this episode was finding out that it was Donald Pleasance in the role, which I didn't discover until the very end when the title cards come up. And I had to, like, rewind to see what they did because I realized they had done a really, I thought it was a really good makeup job of him because I didn't recognize him when I saw it. And, and then when I found out that it was him in the end credits, I was, like, really surprised and very impressed. So, but um, yeah, it's, 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 it didn't it didn't strike too original for me. It was a bit overly sentimental, you know. I mean, I mean, it's a nice emotional episode, but it just felt like it had been done before, and it had been done better. So for me, it didn't really hit me that hard, like I expected it to. I felt like maybe, I mean, you know, Bob Sterling's a good writer, but for me, this just felt almost like it was cribbed from other. So what number would you give it on a scale of 1 to 5? I'll probably give it a 2.5. That's what I did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I'm not sure. Did you guys notice? Because uh, did they give, like, the makeup uh, department or the, the makeup guy his own title card at the end? It seemed like they set, they singled them out. I'm not, I don't think they did. I'll have to I go back and look. I don't know. I don't even know if they put makeup people in back then. I don't even think they mentioned oh, them back then. I think then. I That's saw it. I remember... I remember. I think I saw it. I was looking at the title, at the at the credits at the really? end, and it was really interesting. I, you know, maybe I, I was just maybe really impressed did. with the makeup, but it looked like they gave the makeup guy his own little title card at the end. Oh, right, I hope the they did credit. because he deserved it. I hope they did. Yeah, I thought the makeup was good. I just thought Fabulous. it made him look more like seventy-five or eighty rather than. And he was forty-two years old, so I mean, to yeah, make yeah. it look like he was in the seventies, they did a wonderful job. Absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. Okay. 2.5. All right, great. And so now we have Kobo here. Kobo, hi, how are you? Hey, Lynn, how are you? Good, hon. Uh, what do you have to say? Um, I absolutely love this episode. Um, I think I'm in the minority here, but I'll give it a 5 out of 5. Classic? Wow, okay. Cool. Uh, um, because... I first watched it at a point where my body was hurting. Um, I don't know if you guys know as much as Dave does about my physical problems and whatnot, but uh, I have a lot of physical issues going on with my body, and I can really identify with 
just being at the end of, end of your rope and feeling useless. Uh-huh. And then somebody drops by and tells you what an inspiration you've been for them or you can give them a lift because they've had a bad day and then... That really brings you up. That really matters. Yeah. And this episode just kind of personifies that. I mean, I guess because it affected what was going on in my life at the time when I first watched it. It really colors my opinion of the episode. Mm-hmm. And yes, I can see the points that everybody's making a little cheesy, a little overdone in spots. If you really love something, you can forgive it those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my mom and my grandmother are teachers, and they've had stories similar to this. That kind of hit, hit me, too, you know? You know, hearing them talk about students that have come back years later and told them thank you for various things, and, um... I'm surprised you didn't rate this a little higher, Dave. You being a reti- retired teacher and all. Well, no, I, 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 th- I thought it was just a little bit uh, slow, and I think, like somebody else said, uh, maybe the, the, uh, it was a money issue again because I feel as though some of those other stories could have been told in a little hey. bit more depth. Dave, I didn't know you were a retired teacher. What did you teach? It was a junior school, primary school in the UK. That's uh, the uh, 7 to 11 age group. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and by the way, the, the the most recent compliment I got from one of our past students is that she's now the landlady of my local pub. <laughs> How much better can so, you so, get? So, so I, I make sure I go and visit her every week without fail. Of course, then you owe that, sir. You bring her flowers there, Dave. Just um, you know. <laughs> well, I buy snacks off her and everything. Oh, mm-hmm. there you go. So, Koba gives the five. All right, and that's Koba. You're not in the minority because I gave the four point five. And uh, Robert gave it a 4.5, so you're not in the dark. You're, we're, you're, we're right up there with you. Mm. So, no. Yeah. I mean, you're still having a little bit of gain issues there, Kobo. It's not the best story ever, I'll admit, but it definitely gets a 5 out of 5 from me. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Kobo. I'm just glad you up today, and I appreciate all of your comments. All right, sweet. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lynn. All right. All right. Thank care. you, Kobo. Thank you. So, um, okay. So, great. So, we're, you know, we're fairly, uh, I think we're we're almost not, like, um, what would I say, unanimous on this. But, you know, I think it goes from middle, you know, 2.5 to, to 5. So, you know, I, I don't think anyone actually hated this episode. Sonny, I forget. What did you give this episode? Well, Their friend Ron gave it a 4.5. Um, oh, anybody in chat, go ahead and give your um, rating 1 out of 5. Guru, give it a 4.5. Thank you, Guru. Yeah, uh, four po- yeah, 4.5 for Guru and 4.5 for Ron. And I'm just waiting to see what Sunny... Uh, I, I forget. I know she said she's on the group that she she uh, voted, but... Uh, wait a second. 
I sound miles away? Do I really? Do I sound far away? No, you, you, that was a while ago when Cobalt when was Cobalt. on. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. And Sonny gave, okay, Sonny gave it a three. Okay, so that's cool. She gives it a good. So, uh, okay. You know, another good movie to bring up, too, and I had it in the, one of the clips at the beginning was All That Jazz. Um, the late Roy Schreider, excellent uh, actor. Roy Schreider, yeah. He's, yeah. yeah, he's awesome, yeah. And, and uh, that's kind of a life and death struggle um, for him in the movie as well, and especially going towards the the end of it. It's very poignant and bittersweet as well in that movie. So. Morgan Freeman some years ago called Lean on Me. Did anyone ever see that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a pretty awesome movie. He was great in that. You know, that, you know, it's sort of the same yeah, thing. Kind of, yeah. They were gonna kick him out, and then the uh, the students rallied to defense. Yeah. And there was another one with uh, Edward James almost called Stand yeah. and Deliver. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was also a very good movie. Yeah, <laughs> they they both played fabulous roles in that. And oh, and let's not forget Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh yeah, that's yeah, another yeah. another terrific movie, teacher movie. Yeah. yeah. So okay, we're we're right across the board on this. Uh, you know, from the two and a half to the fives. Well, I'll quickly say I like the dialogue in the episode. I mean, you know, at one point the headmaster uses the word perspicacious, and I thought, wow, what a really neat word. I, oh, and I yeah, kind of remember. Yeah, I'm thinking like, and, and you know what? It's just, it's just, it's. To me, it's kind of a sign of how dumbed down we've decided to make modern entertainment. Yeah, where you can't yeah. use words like that just in plain dialogue. And I thought, wow, it's cool to just have a little more like an, you know an erudite conversation in, in in television than the way it is now, where everyone just seems to be swearing every other word. It's right. That's right. And, and it's funny because I just said to Bobby earlier too. I said, you know, in this day and age, for them to say we're bringing in a younger man. This, you know, in this day and age, he would have had a lawsuit. That's age discrimination. You know, so back then they didn't do that. But, you know, in this day and age, he would have. Well, I don't know if it's age discrimination if you're in your 70s. Well, not. Yes, it is. It is, because he's being forced to be. Uh, there's no well, it depends on the bylaws of the Constitution of that college if there's a certain age limit. Like pilots no. have age limits. 
They can but, only yeah, pilot a plane always, at a certain age. Yeah. There's always loopholes here and there and different things, but but it could you know he could have actually pursued that even if it he would have been fruitless he could have pursued it and said you know I'm perfectly capable of teaching and you know I've been here 51 years so I'm being forced to retire that may have gone nowhere but you know he, he did in this time you know in the present times he would he could have possibly you know sued but. <laughs> That's why they were offering him half his salary to kind of like take up yeah, those things. Yeah. Any, and that way, you know, if he tried to sue, they said, well, we did give him half his salary. So. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, yeah, some people, they get tossed out and they don't get anything. So half salary for the rest of his life wasn't so bad, you know, as long as he could live on it. <laughs> Most people would say that. Most people would say that now. Maybe, yeah, it was the, yeah. maybe it was the college that provided the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that they were going to retire him, they gave him a little incentive to avoid having to pay that extra money. Get him a new holster, yeah. Yeah, better than a gold watch, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, new holster and engrave his gun for him. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you and Bobby, um, I yeah. don't know if you want to wait till the next show or you can answer it now. What was the whole situation with, since this is season three, supposedly it would have been the end of the Twilight Zone. What all happened to bring season four about then? What, the hour-long format? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, had, they had the cover for another show. right? Okay, by? well, that's as good a reason as any. No, I, they, always they, thought, I always thought they did it because it was successful, and they figured it would be more successful than an hour. <laughs> no, no, they brought, it in to, they brought it in to be a replacement for another show. Well, and to replace the nurses. I believe it was the nurses. Oh, I remember and, that one. Uh, yeah. I think that was the one. And um, to replace it, they had to make the episodes into an hour. So Rod reluctantly agreed to do so, and he probably even regretted it more afterwards. But, uh, yeah, that's what happened. Uh, in, in so was to, it canceled, or was it on standby? It was, or I don't was, remember it being canceled. What, you mean Twilight Zone? No. Yeah. Well, the Thirty Fathom Grave, the first one, came came out on January the tenth, sixty three. So this was first of June. So it was off the air from first of June yeah. till the tenth yeah. of January, sixty three. It was a summer, like a summer replacement thing. I mean, they they I don't know if you call it summer replacement at that time, but they weren't actually they were up in the air with the series. They weren't talking about. Um, canceling it they weren't talking about not canceling it they weren't sure what they were going to do but they said well uh this episode or i'm sorry this series is 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 being canceled or going off for you know hiatus and we need a replacement here so we'll bring you in as a replacement but you have to make them our episodes and rod agreed to do that but he wasn't happy about doing it and and he did it and that's what happened. But do you? But do you realize how many episodes did they do the first three years? Does anybody know? This, you know, was, episode this was episode one hundred and three. How much more than it is today? I mean, it really ran more than anybody's three years by today's standard. Oh yeah, I mean, this is episode one hundred and two, and this is the last one of the third season. So you got to figure it's uh, thirty some episodes per season. Yeah, this this would easily be four series. They, they, oh, they yeah. were about they were about twenty six episodes, then they dropped down to about twenty two in a special, then down to twenty one. Uh, nowadays, they seem to commission thirteen, and yeah. then after about seven episodes, they go ahead and commission the second thirteen. I think the landmark now for most series is a hundred, 
Um, I mean, with 103, you know, you've had enough to go in syndication, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because some of the hundred. Right. Uh, yeah, that's series, the hundreds. Yeah, Yeah, because some series are canceled uh, two, three episodes into the series, and they say, no, this, epi- this series sucks, and they cancel it, and it's two, three episodes in. I mean, you've heard that's of that. Right. That's why Fringe got a fifth season, was not just only to wrap it up, but to also get it to go into syndication. Now, it already started going into syndication um, on the um, Science Channel. They were airing right. some Fringe episodes, but usually yeah. they'll do an extra season for a show in order to be able to carry it into syndication. So. Sure. But plenty of series have come on television, and within three or four uh, episodes, they're canceled. So, <laughs> yeah. But back then, that didn't happen, you know. Well, they're not giving them time today. They want that one big. Yeah, that one big block. shot where it's. Well, they did it with Star Trek, and that's a similar age, wasn't it? It was in the early 60s. Cancel that after three series. But with season one eight, of Star eight, Trek, eight, next eight, gen make eight, it today. Eight, yeah. <laughs> eight, was it 88 episodes or something? 87 episodes. I think there was 88, and one, was never, one episode was never aired originally because it was too contentious, and they didn't air it until about 10 years later. But in the 60s and 70s, I mean, shows, a series, had their 13 episodes. You know, that was the contract. And uh, I don't know. Rick, am I right about this? You had 13 episodes. 23. 23 was a 23. And they they all ran, didn't they? I mean, you didn't get canceled mid-season usually, did you? No, but... Uh, they, they pretty much all uh, ran. If they, it wasn't the best, they, they dumped you after the first, you know... No, but that's when they started interfering. The the uh, network started interfering with uh, um, um, shows and stuff. Um, yeah. Like speaking of the original Trek, uh, the uh, network executives uh, told Roddenberry, "Get rid of the women and get rid of the guy with the ears." <laughs> um. We laugh now, but it was the truth. <laughs> Everybody uh, wearing a red shirt. Did anyone yeah, see the um, series New Amsterdam? Up? Did anybody see the series New Amsterdam? No. No, I didn't. No. Not really. No. I thought it was canceled well before its time. Yeah, it's another thing that drives me crazy when you get a series like that that you like, you know, and they only, you know, Show a few episodes and then cancel. Hurry up there. Kobo, wasn't it kind of in the Highlander vein, New Amsterdam? Um, very much so, yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. And Journeyman was a good show, too, but I think... I heard that. Yeah. That's uh, more victim to the writer's strike than yep. actual cancelization. Journeyman was kind of like another quantum leap, almost. Was it like first edition, that journeyman? You know, the one where we got the newspaper for the next day or something? No, it was called early edition. Early edition, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Early I remember edition. that show. There you go, yeah, I remember that. Oh, well, anyway, guys, uh, we are finished with this episode. And by the way, I do still think that uh, Robert Wagner killed Natalie Wood. But anyway, <laughs> I did. What does that have to do with this? Uh, because we were talking about it earlier. Might have been, I, that might have I been pre. That might have been pre-show chat. 
Yeah, yeah, it was pretty sure chatting. I think he did. But anyway, actually, it was Christopher Walken. Well, uh, yeah, he's a strange bird, and I could believe (laughs) I could do something like that, and maybe (laughs) pin it on Robert there. But I'm telling you, Christopher Walken scares the hell out of me. But anyway, I would never want to be in a dark room with Christopher. He scares the hell out of me. But anyway, isn't like Chris Walken in Amy Hall? He scares me. He frightens me. Well, you're in a you're in a dark room with me every night. You imagine live with that. <laughs> Chris Walken's even worse than that. I'm telling you. See, I kept that watch up my ass all those years. We need that one clip, Dave. He scares me. I'm telling you, Christopher Walken's a frightening man. He really frightens me. But uh, anyway, <laughs> we need that one clip, Dave. Uh, Lynn, you you asked. Uh, Daphne what she thought of the episode. Yes, what did Daphne think? Uh, she came down while we were talking uh, um, um, uh, about, uh, I forget exactly what it was. Uh, oh, when I was talking about my dad. And she came down and she sneezed. So I guess that was her opinion of the episode. You think that's maybe like a two? Three sneezes. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Three sneezes. A, yeah, because a two. A chew, a chew. She gave it a chew. Yes, you know, a... I like dogs. <laughs> They're kind of weird, but... Oh, uh, this is what we got. <laughs> Brisbee here. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, guys. All right, we're going to be gone now for three weeks. <clears throat> three weeks. Because our next episode is going to be on uh, June... Twenty second. Yep. Saturday, June twenty second, because we're having um special, very special company here in Pennsylvania. Pen- Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. I'm coming all the way to bring my wife with me. Uh, uh, yes, it's very special. Pennsylvania. Is he coming by wagon train? Is that why it's taking him three weeks? <laughs> three weeks. By, yes, yes, that's right. He's coming here. He's coming here with... uh. What is his name? Cliff Robertson. Yeah, hundred yards over the rim on the on that wagon train there. Yes. Uh, so we're having very special guests here on the fifteenth. So our next show will be on the twenty second, and the, it will be the start of season four. Woo! No woos. No woos. I want to have my toenails crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. And it will be the episode called In His Image with, I believe it's George Grizzard. Grizzard. Yeah, Grizzard. Grizzard. And it is a grisly oh. episode. <laughs> hey, nobody but, want my image. It's horrible. It's simply horrible. <laughs> it's oh, awesome. I must have jumped mine then. That's right. Because I thought it was the, uh, well done. I thought it was the 30 Fathom Grave. But you're right. Third uh, of third of January that, that one aired sixty three, so it went off air from the first of June till the third of Jan. Well, it's a forgettable episode, so you know I can understand why you forgot. But um, yeah, in his image with George Grizzard, and we'll be doing that on the twenty second at the same time, same place. And uh, <laughs> hey, Lynn, be sure to call me when you don't have no class, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't like oh. it. Don't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> and Sonny says, "Wagon ho!" Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sonny. And roll 'em, uh, roll 'em, roll 'em. 
Oh, hey, Bobby, Sonny said you should get a Christopher Walken mask and wake me up wearing it. <laughs> and, no, and, I'm and, scarier, no, I'm scarier the way I am. Thank you. <laughs> well, he scares her, too. She said he scares her, too. I don't blame you, Sonny. He scares the hell out of me. I like him. He's one of my favorite actors. I like him. I didn't say he was a good actor. I didn't say he wasn't a good actor. He just scares the hell out of me. Him and John Malkovich. Ooh, scary, scary men. (laughs) You wouldn't want Malkovich in your mind, would you? Yes, being John Malkovich. I got to get a drum drum thing for this. (laughs) Put a book. Put a book. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm out of here. I'm getting hungry, so I'm gonna go eat. Um, Stay here. I just had lunch. I'm ready for dinner. So yeah, you ate already. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. See y'all in three weeks. Please, everybody, be here. And Sunny, thank you for showing up. And thank you, Ron. And Ron left already. Hey, what's a big idea, Ron? And Dave, and uh, Kobo, and Rick. Oh man, so great to see everybody here. So. See you in three weeks, okay? Bye. All right. Have a wonderful rest of the weekend. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. And we'll end with Rod. Thank you, everybody, for coming on. See you next time. Or hear you next time, whichever. Hey, it's tough. You know, tough audience today. It is (laughs) one of those things. (laughs) I've had a very good life, Mrs. Landers. A, A very full life. A very rich life. This particular changing of the guard. I wouldn't have it any other way. Professor Ellis Fowler, teacher, who discovered rather belatedly something of his own value. A very small scholastic lesson from the campus of the Twilight Zone. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.